previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Right at that moment, you hear footsteps. Suddenly <coughs> revealed to you is Professor Kane, the artificing professor. Manny, what are you and your fellow classmates doing down here? Fix the the surge. Uh, what what seems to be the problem? And I'll pull out the other phoenix feather in the vial and I'll shake it up and then it just <laughs> disintegrates. It seems that a few of the magical components have been all used up. We simply have to replace them. Perhaps you could go talk to Dean Doval. She can help you decide where to go get some new components. You see Titus leaving the Dean's office. I'm sure that you're all in detention now because your white alchemist there cheated. First of all, it's fucking ivory. Don't ever call me white again. You you keep trying to use the Dean to get some sort of advantage in class while uh, we actually work on real-world applications. And the door to the Dean's office opens, and she steps out and goes, What is the meaning of all this? We were just coming to, uh, to see you and talk to you. If Professor Kane sent you, then come on in. The surge in the basement that runs all the magic within this building was depleted of some of the materials and there was a big magical flare-up but he said that we could go to you to see how we can work about replenishing some of those materials and he said he'd give us extra credit for working on it what i'm about to suggest does have an inherent sense of risk absolutely not team meeting why do i need to do this you're a part of this team all the cool kids are doing it there's also a pretty good chance you might die well, I'm out. Dixon, really? I'll tell you what, Dixon, I'll go with you if you can bake me another one of those cakes. I give him a look of, shut the hell up or I will kill you in your sleep. But also a head nod? A very subtle, quick one. I'm in. <laughs> there is a griffin nest. If you were to collect some feathers from a live griffin, we could use those to help restock the surge. Oh, and you may want to stop by the whack to supply up before you leave. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. <laughs> you really throw me off with the pirate jokes. <laughs> I had something planned and now I'm, now I'm scraping only, to try to think of a pirate, pirate joke. joke. No, I have There's like eight, two. but I've used them all. I'm trying to think of ones that I haven't used. Well, while you're thinking, Matt Smith. Oh. What do you call... A guy with no arms and no legs sitting in front of your door. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brad Richards. Oh, jeez. Okay. So a pirate walks into a bar. He's got a steering wheel on the front of his pants. And the bartender, confused as you normally would be, asked the pirate, um, what's with the steering wheel? And the pirate responds, Yar, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> and Brad Renfro. I'm not supposed to be the last, because I can never come up with anything after everybody. I pass. It's great to be here. Wonderful. And you are here on our 
5th edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and this is the 6th episode of Campaign 2. Wonderful to be back, wonderful to be recording with you all, and uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. So, last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast, our adventurers, who are Manny, played by Ben Renfro, Thad, played by Matt Smith, Milo, played by Brad Renfro, and Dixon, played by Brad Richards, you all had gone down into the basement of the Arkshine to take a look at what was causing the malfunctions with the magic in the building. You discovered a Nothic, and then the Nothic told you to follow the pipes. And right as the Nothic ran off, Professor uh, Kane came down, who is the Artificer Professor, and said, oh, you know, we just need to resupply the magical elements that power the surge, the giant surge in the basement that powers the entire building. So he agreed to give you extra credit if you went and got some new supplies. And uh, you were told by the Dean of House Chromathar, Dean Doval, that you there is a griffin's nest nearby, and you could grab some feathers from a live griffin, and that would help resupply the surge. So that is where you are headed next. But before you go off on your adventure, uh, you may or may not want to stop off at the warehouse of the Arkshine Commissary, better known as the WAC. I'd like to take a second to address the fact that Paul Camper had to think harder about my real name than about Thadward's name. (laughs) It's a tough name. It's true. It is so tough. I mean, it's such an incognito name. Sometimes I don't know if I really know you. (laughs) Who is Matt Smith? Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm related to Nanya. <coughs> I do love Nanya. Who? Nanya business! It's always, always funny. Dying holes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I guess uh, per, per recommendation of said Dungeon Master in that transition, we should uh, probably go to the whack, guys. Let's go uh, whack it. So we go to the whack. That, that's, <laughs> that's what, that's... Mm. All right, so you guys finish uh, speaking with Dean Doval. You go on down to the WAC, and um, there's a giant mess. Um, there are things piled up along the walls, and you can see that things are now moving around by themselves behind the counter, just like they had when you first arrived. Um, but you don't see anybody behind the counter manning the place. I guess uh, I'll call out Kyrasta. Are you in here? Uh, as you call out Kairas's name, you see somebody pop out from one of the boxes and says, Oh, sorry about that. I uh, I got lost. I wasn't sleeping, I promise. Like he was in the box? Yes. You got lost inside of a box. Yeah, I mean, Don't there's just... Don't be all. There, there's so many... <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many packing peanuts in here. Someone said there's a lot of beans in the box. <laughs> packing beans in the box. Anyways, and he starts rubbing his eyes and uh, gets up out of the box and says, "So, uh, I guess, I guess you guys managed to to fix the magic, huh?" Yes, <laughs> definitely. We we were the ones that did that. 
Cool, cool. Alright, well, a deal's a deal. I, uh, I guess I gotta, gotta give you something, huh? That is what you said. You said we could, uh, browse your inventory and search inside your box and find whatever we'd like that you might be able to give to us. Just want to reach in your box with our grubby fingers. Yeah, uh, um, okay. Perfect. Uh, hold on, I'll be right back. And he scurries off around the corner, back into the warehouse area where all the shelving is. And then he winds up coming back to the counter a few moments later, and he places a wooden crate on top of the counter and says, There you go. Anything out of my box. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to be fucking emo and like, I don't want to take in your box. I'm just going to sit here and cut my wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Really not used to playing a depression prick. I'm just gonna reach my hand in and see what I pull out. Is it a knife? You're just gonna reach into his box blind, blindly? Yep. Okay. Go ahead and roll a d8 for me, then. I rolled a four. All right, Milo, you um, stand up on tiptoe and you reach your hand into the crate, and out of it you pull a bottle. Um, it is a glass bottle, and inside you can see that there is a thick black liquid that moves around as you tilt it, it moves like tar inside the bottle. Neat. What's this? I don't know. This is uh, the uh, box of unclaimed commissary orders. They're paid for, so I get to give them away. Excellent. An unclaimed box, And I put it in my pocket. I guess uh, looking into the box, I mean, can I just see what's all in the box and just find something that I'd like? I mean, what? I guess what's all in this box? Sure. Uh, thank you very much for asking. So in it, uh, you now see that there is a leather bag with a green ribbon sash. There is a pair of black leather boots with a thick studded sole. Oh. There is a bracelet made of gold and etched with starbursts. What? <laughs> Starburst, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> What color starbursts? <laughs> um, Wait, I chose wrong. Is it all yellows? <laughs> y- uh, you've got yellow, orange, and red. No Not pink. pink? This. Oh my god! Wait, start. What the fuck is that? Um, you've got a wooden ring padded with fur. There is a patched and used robe with several folds and stitches, and there is a brass vial with a lead stopper. And when you roll it over to take a look at it, um, smoke starts leaking out of it. I guess with, like, the stuff that isn't obvious what it is, like studded leather boots and starbursts, like the, the smoke thing, am I? do I recognize what it is? Um, do you have detect magic? Well, no. <laughs> Actually, hold on. I did that without even looking at my spells. Or identify, I guess. I do. I do have detect magic. Actually, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Use detect magic. Mm, I was going to say, don't ask me any questions. Um, Yeah, I guess I use detect magic to, I guess, identify what everything magical in here is. I use detect magic to detect magic. It's there. Essentially. (laughs) Be like, yep, it's magical. (laughs) Great. Usually it's at the bottom of the well. Okay, give me a second. 
the entire time we were doing the recap and we were talking about the magic in the basement, the magic that was lost and everything, that's the song that was playing through in my head many keep, times over. I keep thinking of uh, the Thomas the Tank Engine movie with Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin's an asshole. But we're, uh, it says, stoke up the magic in the mountain and the lady will smile. Oh, it's also Daddy's Home. Yeah, so Starburst, God damn it. Yeah. Let him have some Starburst before bed. Starburst, God damn God it. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I take my answer back. I want the bag. <laughs> Kyrasta says, "Too bad. You already, you already chose." Are you sure? No. It's like a claw machine. What? What do you mean? I say, well, look. I don't know. I didn't I, get this far. And I see that the black liquid's still in there. Okay, give me a sleight of hand to see if you put it back without him noticing. Just drink the liquid, then you'll have to pick another one. Slide a hand? Yes. 17? Yeah, he looks down and he just goes, Oh, uh, okay. Pick something then. Alright, I'll take the bag with the... With the sash. With the green ribbon sash? Alright. With the green ribbon um, sash. So, Ben, your character Manny casts Detect Magic. Is that a cantrip or is that a uh, spell slot? It is a level one spell slot. Okay, then I'm going to need you to roll your focus dice, which is a D100. Oh, shit. Joke's on you, you blow up the fucking building, asshole. <laughs> if I try to detect magic and something explodes, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I, I want to roll uh, low, right? Yes, you want to try and roll equal to or under what we determined was the magical focus DC. So in this case, it is your level plus whatever your spellcasting score is. So not the modifier, but the score. And then uh, add your proficiency. So I got to roll under a 22. (sighs) Yeah. Wow. 20. Amazing. I doubled it. 44. Okay. So if you fail by (laughs) 20 or less... The spell will still operate, just to a lesser extent. So the normal uh, radius of detect magic is, I believe, up to 30 feet. So you can only go, you can only see magic auras up to 15 feet instead. And everything's within five feet, so it works. I'm standing over the box. Yeah, so in this case, it's not that bad. (laughs) You didn't fail too terribly. It just doesn't look very cool when you do it. (laughs) Because <laughs> that's what my character cares about, <laughs> is looking cool. Yeah. Well, either that or you would have had to use up one of the guaranteed spell slots in your surge, but I guess I figured you probably didn't want to do that since you're about to go fight some griffins. I could have done that. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Question. Yes. Um, so if I normally have, like, three level one spell slots... That's going to take up a spell slot by using that, but if I use a surge slot, does that count as one of my spell slots or no? Yes. So the surge Uh spell slots are just guaranteeing that the spell operates as normal, but it still uses up your character spell slots. Get. Um, Yeah, treat surges more like charges instead of slots. But anyways, uh, so you look at these items, and Detect Magic actually doesn't tell you what they are. They tell you what school of magic they are. 
So you wind up seeing that... Um, Paul out here fucking me over. He's like, <laughs> do you have detect magic? You should use that. I use it. Ah, it doesn't tell you what it does. <laughs> well, that's what I was asking. He said, here you go, buddy. <laughs> He's like, I just want them to have less spell slots because he knows my character doesn't do shit I'm other sorry, than just, have spells. <laughs> we spent a lot of time describing how you can't do this. <laughs> well, so you look down at it and you realize, oh, shit, this is, I can only see this the schools of magic, so like conjuration, abjuration, yada, yada, yada. And then Kyrasta goes, oh, I guess I could just, um, you know, scan them in our inventory system. Oh my gosh, you're boning me, Paul. I was say, is there like a packing <laughs> slip if someone ordered this? <laughs> There's literally a tag on it that says, this is what this does in the product description. <laughs> so, I guess, wait, 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 I'll just slide a hand my item back again since we're changing the rules. <laughs> So the leather bag with the green sash is a bag of tricks. I like it. So it is a gray bag. And um, the gray bag of tricks, when you pull something out of it, you can use an action and then throw it 20 feet. And when the object lands, it transforms into a creature that you determine by rolling a d8. And then the creature is friendly to you and your companions and acts on your ch- on your turn. And you can use a bonus action to command how the creature moves and what action it takes. Or give it general orders and it will act accordingly. Uh, once three fuzzy objects have been pulled from the bag, it can't be used again until the next dawn. Okay, so if I if I pull a rough object from the bag, does that like reset the counter? Like if I get a shark out of that shit? Well, so your options are weasel, giant rat, badger, boar, panther, giant badger, dire wolf, or giant elk. All of those are fuzzy. It's a pretty big difference between ending up with a, like, giant weasel or a panther. (laughs) Yep. But, so you get three fuzzy objects per day. So, but those all seem like fuzzy objects. Yes. That is, I think that's the point. Okay. (laughs) No. Um... Half of those are hairy, not fuzzy. Just to clarify. Ooh. Is there a difference, Paul? What if they're fluffy? You reach into a hairy bag and pull out a fuzzy. (laughs) What if you pull out a weasel and it has matted hair and it's just not fuzzy or fluffy at all? It's spiky. It's it's really just depressing. What a giant weasel. (laughs) It has the mange. (laughs) It's bald. (laughs) So the other objects are the leather boots. The leather boots are boots of striding and springing. The bracelet is a circlet of blasting. That's a Starburst bracelet? Yes. I love blasting. (laughs) The bottle of thick black liquid is um, oil of slipperiness. The wooden (gasps) ring padded with fur is a ring of warmth. The patched and used robe is a robe of useful items. And the brass vial with a lead stopper is a ever-smoking bottle. Paul, this is a box from a BDSM dungeon. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah what, what do you say the, the wooden a, ring was? There's a furry warmth. wooden ring of warmth to go with your <laughs> bottle of slickness. <laughs> yes, it's a ring of warmth is the wooden ring with fur. <laughs> and then a rope. The robe of the useful items. Yeah, don't forget the leather boots and the, and the bracelet of blasting and also the rope. Oh, God. Guys into some kinky shit. So, uh, so essentially, you're telling me half these items are useless completely. No, the <laughs> ring of warmth is definitely useful yeah, because we've always we've always used the the element of being cold in this game. 
It gives you <laughs> resistance to cold damage. Yeah, you fuck. Is this like uh, you know, foreshadowing the fact that we're gonna fight something that does you know cold many, damage? You know how many cold dragons we fought? Almost a always. lot. And At yet least abominable snowmen. <laughs> and you're telling me that there's just a vial that just has smoke that leaks out of it forever and it does nothing else? The ever-smoking bottle, when you take out the stopper, a cloud of smoke will fill a 60-foot radius and heavily obscure the area. And every minute the bottle remains open, the radius increases by 10 feet until it reaches a maximum radius of 120 feet. And it will persist as long as the bottle is open. Closing it requires you to speak a command word. And once it's closed, the cloud disperses after 10 minutes. What is the command word? Not that a jock would know any of this. Pineapple. Just what everything does in this box. It's like you just have all this knowledge, huh? I mean, if there's a tag on it, that's... Well, says- Kyrasta <laughs> is scanning them into the inventory system and uh, telling you what they do. You're really just handing that out to us, Mama Bird. Well, I need to know our safe word, guys. spent fucking six <laughs> minutes trying to detect magic on this shit, and Paul goes, Sorry... We hate you. Yeah. I mean, it was just Paul basically saying, just pick a damn object. No, it was Paul saying, I think you should burn your spell slot, and then I'm just going to tell you what it is anyways. So now here I am, one less spell slot. Thanks, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> I so, will take the vial of smoke. Okay. Wow. For concerts. <laughs> and this, and Kyrasta takes a look at the, at the um, instructions and says, uh, looks like the safe word is kumquat. This what? for sure came out of a fucking <laughs> mistress dungeon. Is there a bag of magical winds in there? <laughs> so we've got a bag of tricks taken and we have the ever-smoking bottle taken. Uh, what would Thad and Dixon like? Dust boots, I bet. I guess I'll, I'll approach the box and be like, man, you guys are just really just reaching in this, this box all willy-nilly. You need to know how to do it right. And I walk up, and I just gently trace my hand around the edge of the box. And you just pick, I choose (laughs) the box itself. (laughs) And then I I gently and slowly reach into the box, and... Can't find anything. (laughs) Like, where is it? (laughs) You just pull it out and just like a middle finger (laughs) You said there was like six items in here. I can't find anything. <laughs> Smell my finger. <laughs> yeah, wait. Here's a question. Aren't you an elephant? Oh, I am. Do you have just... I have fingers. Like little nubs? You just puts a snoot in. No, think uh, elephant head, human body. <laughs> oh, God. That's oh, terrifying. No. <laughs> <laughs> or think elephant with just like hands and feet. Fingers? <laughs> Either like, way, it's not hands. right. <laughs> Although I really, I really liked the idea of us trying to figure out how the hell flip-flops were going to fit on his feet, on his elephant feet. Oh, so sorry. All right, fine. Elephant feet, human hands. Either way, you got uh. a tail, right? <laughs> Either way, you have a tail, yes. Oh, yeah. Tail and, tail and snoot. From the boop to the snoot? Yeah, I'm an elephant from boop to snoot and human <laughs> everywhere else, except for feet. That's amazing. That's terrifying. <laughs> I have human legs, but elephant feet. That shouldn't exist. Torso, elephant. Arms, elephant. Hands, human. Head, I should elephant. be much more terrified of you than I've been this whole time. <laughs> Why cute. am I worried about Dixon over here? <laughs> you guys have never seen me without a full-on tracksuit. You guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. 
So, Thad, you reached into the box, you slowly moved around and uh, gently pulled out. Hmm. I'm torn. I guess can't go with the robe because I'm. He would clash with my, uh. My penny. <laughs> <laughs> and your fucking shell. Yeah. <laughs> that might. That might be a slight issue. I mean, your shell keeps you warm enough, right? Now he does it. Am I am I a reptile and I'm cold blooded and I really need a a ring of warming? Sounds like the bracelet. We, we go outside one winter and Paul just makes makes your character slowly lose health just every day dead. because you're cold. Mm, that might be uh He's already cold blooded. Might be a good point. Are you cold blooded <laughs> being a turtle? Yeah, am I cold blooded? You tell me. If we go into the winter, will I just like You tell hibernate me You tell me, Matt. You tell me. <laughs> Like bury myself in the nearest like bank of a river and not come out for like six months. <laughs> well, somehow you've managed to make it through the winter because you know the school year happens every year. So the off season of the like the sports is like it kind of like overlaps with hibernation. So he's not there for half of it, really. Honestly, Thad, I think uh, the bracelet of blasting could help us in game. Mm. Oh, you do. But when we're figure blasting our opponents. Well, as you could see, I'm well equipped to do that already. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm going to take the ring of warmth of warmth. Oh, goodness. OK, I'm just going to put it on your fucking and I'm claw. going to equip it on my person. OK, so the ring of warmth. <laughs> Like I said, gives you resistance to cold damage. You just start boiling. <laughs> so you can feel the warmth of a hug that you've never had. Is... And in addition, you and everything you wear and carry are unharmed by temperatures as low as negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Everyone's really trying to avoid cold damage here. I'd like to add <laughs> that you don't see it on my fingers. <laughs> Wait, as a turtle, do you have fingers? He's got claws. I mean... But also the rings on his penis. I've That's got a trigger finger. Huh? Or it's around his <laughs> neck. Or it could be on his tail. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> you just you don't see it. Just, all you have is a cloaca, right? Smells like dirty water. Right. Depression. And are you taking the studded boots and are we moving on from this? <laughs> you might take the robe of useful items. What kind of useful items? Is it like just a bunch of like knives <laughs> on the inside of the robe pockets? <laughs> or is this like Ned's Declassified where the one guy always has what you need on the inside of his trench coat? Oh, fuck, I forgot about That's that. what my pockets It's just a bunch for. of like fake watches. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you need. <laughs> it's corn. Um, I see the boots. I get visibly like happier. But then I quickly squash it because I'm a depressed prick. I'd take the boots, stare at what's-his-nuts. That could be anybody. And then just walk away to go put my... What's-his-nuts? What's-his-name? Kairasta. Is that actually his name? Yeah. The dude okay. we're talking to, yes. I thought that was a teacher. If I had been smart, though, I would I would have named him something more fun. Surprised you didn't take the, uh, the potion of Tara since it was black like your soul. I don't have a soul. I lost <laughs> that at age three. Anywho. Yeah, so those boots are striding and springing, so your walking speed becomes 30 unless your walking speed is higher, and your speed isn't reduced if you are encumbered or wearing heavy armor. In addition, you can jump three times the normal distance, 
but you can't jump farther than your remaining movement would allow. What if my speed is already 30? Do I just get hosed on that? Yep, you stay at 30 speed, but your jump range is now three times your normal distance. But <laughs> you have the style of the stunning yeah. boots. And you look awesome. <laughs> you look badass and can just jump a little higher. Can't wait to jump onto my knives later. <laughs> no, no, not higher, just further. These boots were made He's like for a walking kangaroo. for jumping. It's <laughs> like a kangaroo. So when you put on your boots, Dixon, you said that you were happy, but then you squashed it down because you're a depressed prick. But when you walk away and everybody else is still over by Kyrasta, do you get a little bit... Does a little bit of that joy come back? Yeah, I want to do a quick heel click. <laughs> nice. And then sit down and put my new sick-ass boots on. I you saw. jump up to do a heel click and you rise like six feet in the I air. I go straight <laughs> into the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> they work! All right. So now that you are equipped, and that took way longer than anticipated. Yeah, we're doing great. 43 minutes of recording just to uh, pick out items out of a box. <laughs> what else did you expect? <laughs> I was expecting maybe 20. Well, if Paul didn't make me detect magic, we would have saved a hell of a lot of time. <laughs> Hope those of you who had yesterday off work for Memorial Day enjoyed your long weekend. I am your Dungeon Master Paul, but this mid-roll will be anything but long. <laughs> I just want to take a moment here to recognize those that support us financially and have made this show possible. Those who have joined our Patreon at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, Gene L. Jackson, and Gavin Knox. Thank you for your support. And to those of you who aren't currently patrons, we're putting out bloopers, pre-recording conversations, and extra episodes all on our Patreon for as little as $2 a month, whether you're around for a month or a year, or even longer for that matter. We'd love to have you and to get you that content from patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. And to those of you looking to support the show but unable to do so financially, we completely understand. Please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. You can also leave a rating and episode-specific comments on Spotify. So with all that under our belts and said out loud, without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. So you guys head out on your adventure um, towards this griffin nest, and uh, your plan originally was to leave immediately. That way you could get part of the way there and then get there the following day because it's about a day's journey away from the Arkshine, and that way you'd be away from the school for less time, um, which means that, Manny, you get your spell slots back. <laughs> so you really hosed me for nothing. <laughs> Hell yes. You really phrased that as your original plan was to do this, so that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you wind up camping overnight. I need you guys, first of all, to give me a survival check to make sure that you can produce enough sustenance in order to uh, feed yourselves. And those of you that have not attended adventuring economics class, you have disadvantage. Do the rest um, of us have advantage? Well, I guess I don't need to roll again. Since it can't get any lower. <laughs> okay, so actually, that's that's a good point, Brad. Those of you who haven't attended Adventuring Economics, you norm, roll normally, but uh, those of you that did attend that class, you get advantage. Yeah, that's us, but I won't tell anyone, Dixon. So, I already rolled twice, so just take my first roll is what you're saying? Yes. I got a 12. I rolled the same thing both times and shit. I got a nat one. 16. So I rolled a nine, but Toby also helped. And we we rolled a nine. Oh, okay. God damn it. Both times. So it turns out that Dixon actually made the best meal out of the bunch. And uh, Thad, you just, you burned everything. A single tear rolls down my face. I figured Dixon would. Made with blood. <laughs> the secret is blood. <laughs> because not all of you failed miserably, you managed to get yourselves fed one way or another. But do you guys want to set a watch or anything that evening? You are out in the wilderness. Can I just say have Toby do it? Uh, can Toby do that? Technically, no. But I thought we just... Uh, <laughs> I thought we just described that he's just kind of like always around and he's my friend. Well, so he is a primal spirit. I was going to say it's technically an action that I used to bring him out for a specific amount of time, but I thought we've just been playing these last few episodes as he's just like cool and is just like a like spirit that I befriended and he just hangs out with me and I command him at times. <laughs> Do primal spirits of nature need to sleep? Uh, Yeah, it needs to sleep too because it only pops up for an hour because I could also give a really cool backstory if we just like let this be a question that people can answer like why the hell is this spirit always around it's like well he's not technically in contract to me he just hangs out so for flavor text yes Toby can basically pop up whenever you want to but in this case because it could potentially affect how the evening goes I, I have to say Based on mechanics, Toby cannot watch over the entire evening. Okay, yeah, Toby's just tired. He goes away. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, in theory, if we're out in the wilderness, we would be setting a watch, and me and Dixon would at least know that since we are survival experts here. You attended one lecture. <laughs> yeah, and, and the book flew to me. <laughs> Does everybody agree to setting a watch? Sounds good. Yeah, sounds like a smart idea. Um, I can take first watch, and I would like to use one of my magical infusions to use my replicate magic item infusion so that I could have goggles of night so that I could see at night. And then I'll just make a fire for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I need to be able to see beyond the fire. I need, I need to keep us safe. Jackass. Getting <laughs> <laughs> hosed all over the place. Uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and roll a perception check with advantage, 
And I will also go ahead and give you inspiration if you do not already have it. Um, and then, then keep in mind the fire is to be warm. And while I'm also giving out inspiration, I will give some inspiration to Brad for um, the flavor of Toby, even though it mechanically does not work in this case. So because I was told I can't do something, I get well, inspiration. Yeah, I'll take Oprah it. over here just giving out inspiration. <laughs> now. <laughs> so you want me to roll a perception check? Yes, with advantage. Because you do have the night goggles. 17 on the perception. And uh, you said I was getting inspiration regardless, so I already have one. You're not going to let me have two inspiration points, will you? Correct. Well, then I'm just going to use inspiration on this just... You so re- I can replace it. You really want to perceive something right now. <laughs> well, why? real hard. If I can roll more <laughs> times and nothing's going to change, I might as well, right? I mean, what's the worst case scenario? That, like, we get jumped is the worst case scenario, and we're okay with I, that. This is how I spend my inspiration point just to replace it with a new inspiration <laughs> point. Okay. The night passes uneventfully. <laughs> <laughs> it's... All right. No impact on on my roll. Still a seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you use your inspiration on a seventeen? Yeah, because I was already, I was getting a new inspiration point for no reason. I can't have multiple inspiration. Could I have given it to somebody else? <laughs> yes, you dumb fuck. Um, you can't give it to somebody else to hold. You can give it to well, I don't know. That's up to the GM. So yeah, I guess you could have given it to somebody else, but you didn't. Oh, and now I got hosed <laughs> again tonight. <laughs> You're really just fucking the team. No, Paul is out here on some bullshit tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not no, trying no, to no, hose no, you. Not at all. It's not me. He's not trying. He is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Paul, did you move into your new place? I did. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, his closet looks bigger, don't it? I don't like this new new Paul we get here. <laughs> um, Coming back to Ben's roles as Manny. Manny, uh, you pass your shift, and you do not notice anything out of the ordinary. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. Who's second? Me. Okay. Oh, I guess, Ben, who do you wake up? Well, we established it beforehand. I guess I'll, uh, I'll I'll wake Milo up. Milo, uh, report from the night. It was a quiet night. Would you like to borrow? Do you have, do you have the ability to see in the dark? Oh, let me stretch first. Milo. What? How long was I asleep? How long was your shift for? 30 minutes. You son of a... <laughs> these were our long shifts. Wake me up in another 30 minutes and I roll over. All right. Milo. It's been an hour. <laughs> what? It hasn't really... I yeah, barely closed that was, my... That was the quickest 30 minutes ever. That was awful. Um, Can you see in the dark well? Well, I... I, I'm not as good as those uh, tieflings or other people who have dark vision, but I mean, I, I, I can see in the dark if I have to. Why? Um, and I think about it as a character. I was going to let him borrow my goggles of night, and then I remembered that I probably won't see them again. So, no reason. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that fire does well. Maybe make a couple torches. I didn't. Uh, see anything out of the ordinary uh, during my shift, so I have nothing to report on. And you can wake up your best friend, uh, McGee Dixon. Um, oh, I forgot he's next in line. Yep, he's next in line. No. 
He's next in line. Wake him can, up. Um, can you go throw more fire or more wood on the fire while I wake up? No, just have your dog thing just roll in it. You don't talk about Toby that way. You are putting more wood on the fire. I swear to God. No, I, I need rest, and uh, that's part of your shift is tending to the fire. So tend to the fire, wake up, Tits McGee. Your cat will burn. Good night. Good night. And I go to bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so Milo, do you have dark vision or no? No, I don't. Oh, damn. All right, roll. You did make a fire, so roll a perception check uh, normally. I'm going to say, I don't see it happening there, but I, I, I also do want to make sure that I put Toby in mouse form and have him just kind of hang out right by... No, wait. Am I asleep yet? <laughs> or am I, like, tossing and turning? Which do you want to be? I want him to not be asleep because I want to remember that I wanted to do something before before my shift ended. Okay. You're tossing yeah, and turning. Yeah, what on the fire? No. By, by no means am I putting wood on this fire. Um... <laughs> I would like to use magical tinkering where I can touch a tiny non-magical item and choose a couple of different things to potentially happen. Essentially, it says that I can let like a bright light, a recorded message, an odor or sound, or like a static static or visual effect happen. I would like to like somewhere along our perimeter touch a tiny non-magical item and make it so that if somebody walks by it or a creature of any sort walks by it, I guess... Just give off the effect. What is Dixon's favorite song? Or what band is he listening to right now? Roll a D20. <laughs> I don't have them numbered. How many? You don't have. Okay, but you got at least 20. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, what the fuck is Emerald Night? It's Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. The dark cloaked newlyweds. The dark cloaked newly let well, newlyweds. The black veil brides. Yeah, yeah, I got that. All right, <laughs> you're welcome. So, <laughs> would you prefer battle, battle instead of attack, attack, <laughs> <laughs> or thy apothecary courtship? Uh, all right, we get we got a couple options. So. <laughs> Well, I could hose you right now as Paul's been doing me all night because I just read the way that this actually works and it's not going to be as cool as I wanted. But what I'm going to do is I have to have to get creative with this. Instead of just making the object continuously emit the sound and you just hear it playing, I'm going to uh, touch an object that's going to have a recorded message. And that recorded message that is six seconds long is going to be... <laughs> The chorus of one of the, uh, one more time, the the dark cloaked, the dark cloaked newlyweds, the dark cloaked newlyweds. I'm gonna have a six second recording of of their hardest breakdown, ready to go, so that if a creature taps it, we're gonna hopefully wake up to it. Oh, that would be fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, if then I had to bust wake- out the uh, the fog potion (laughs) yeah i set up a little stick where that gets hit and we have that music start playing it goes into an immediate breakdown and then everything fogs up can it be first foot lullaby first foot lullaby instead of second answer you're welcome oh yeah because that's what's going to wake us up is all of a sudden some enemy comes in and smoke releases to blind everybody 
Because tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. <laughs> We're going to wake up to that. <laughs> and that's our war battle music with fog everywhere with that playing. That'd be the most peaceful to wake up. And that's what we get TPK'd to. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to make sure that that is set up and ready to go. Um, just like it has to be like within 10 feet away for us to hear it. So it's like really right on the edge of our perimeter where we're sleeping. Okay. Um, so you do that. And then uh, Milo rolls a perception check. What was the perception check? Not great. A nine. Okay. An ogre comes rushing out of the woods and says, perceive this dick. <laughs> uh, you hear the cracking of twigs off to the right. Well, I guess naturally I would I would uh ask Toby to stop bothering Ben's character over there and go over and investigate that. Does Toby trigger the trap that I set up? <laughs> Let's roll a D20 see if he sets it off. Okay, odds he misses it, evens he makes it. All right, I rolled a 2. <laughs> so, Toby runs past Manny and steps on the on the stone. And suddenly you just hear, Tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. But it's like super metal, though. We wake up, we wake up and we're just covered Tonight in smoke. <laughs> that shit would be awful. Thad wakes up and is like, Fuck, what's your character? Dixon, Dixon, turn your shit off. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> What is going? Okay, well, do we at least see what's making this noise? No, there's smoke everywhere. Right. <laughs> Everybody, wake up! Toby's still following the perimeter. It's been breached. Despite him breaching the perimeter, he's still following. Suck my perimeter. Um, Toby does not see anything. Well, I guess did everybody wake up? Yeah, I mean, I'm awake. No. Oops. Milo, what's going on on your watch here? Well, there was a noise over there, and Toby went to go look at it, and then all of a sudden, when he ran past that uh, that little tiny tree there, uh, it started singing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that means that something breached our perimeter, but are you saying that Toby was the one that set off the, uh, the perimeter? Well, you should have told me that you set a perimeter. Uh, I thought it was better not to tell you. Well, this is this is what we get. I guess I go over and I will, like, cap the, uh... Is that going to continue to be the same perimeter? I will cap the ever-smoking bottle. Um... As this conversation is going on, is there still a giant Screamo concert going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it lasted six seconds. That's about all I last, too. That's fun. It's just, uh, it's on repeat, though. Oh, good. So it's just the same. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well... I guess as long as there's nothing to be worried about, everybody can go back to bed. I mean, I guess not, but I did hear something. Well, it was over that way that Toby ran off to. He didn't, he didn't hear anything, or see, he hasn't seen anything now. Well, if your Toby hasn't uh, hasn't seen or heard or detected anything, are you capable of handling the watch if we go back to bed? That depends, Paul. How long has it been? Um. Two hours of your shift. Well, shit, I got woke up and <laughs> said, no, actually, this is about the time my shift was over, so I think it's Dixon's turn. All right, well, go wake Dixon up. I, I, he's a, 
No, he's sleeping. This no, is he away. falls asleep to this music every night. <laughs> <laughs> he's up. We all see him up. He's staring at me with hate. I eyes. did not wake up. All right. Here's what's going to happen. Still sleeping. I'm going to go back to bed. And you're going to wake Dixon up. Okay. You're going to give him a report. Uh-huh. And you're going to get on bed, okay? Okay. All right. Good night. Uh-huh. Good night. Good night, the wall. Good night, mama. <laughs> good night, right. Jimji. You're just going to see me kind of like slowly scurry over. And all of my senses are heightened right now, just in case there's any more sounds going on around me. I'm going to scurry over there. And I'm going to just start nudging Dixon here, like, Dixon, it's time to wake up, buddy. I don't wake up. In that case, I got a bag of tricks, correct? Yes. I'm just going to see what happens if I go into this bag of tricks. Okay. See if we can wake him up in a funny way. Oh, no. You uh, reach into your bag of tricks, go ahead and roll a d8. Five. Okay, so you reach into your bag of tricks, you pull out a fuzzy ball, and you toss it, or I don't know what you do with it. I mean... Did you forget that your tricks were just animals? Do it. Oh, that's right, they're all animals? Yeah, like, ranging from weasel to dire wolf or giant elk. Or fucking panther. I'm gonna put it in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You you put <laughs> you toss the fuzzy ball into Dixon's pants. He's over here thinking I got a like a random trick that's gonna wake him up. Yeah, your prank is <laughs> let a giant elk spawn on top of him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, his pants rip as the ball turns into a panther. <laughs> I don't wake up. He likes the fact that it's clawing at his <laughs> at his legs. I rolled. I don't wake up. <laughs> I die, I die. The the panther starts licking your face. I become aroused. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> I wish I was awake to see this. <laughs> no, I I, I rolled uh, uh, that time. I wake up, but I'm not startled in the slightest. Like, I've been here before many times. <laughs> <laughs> Dixon lives on the wild side. Well, he's got his boots now, you know. He's ready right. for anything. Right. Why is there a panther in my pants? Because it's a panther. <laughs> Are you referring to your own penis as a panther in your pants? That's bold. No, I'm referring to the panther in my fucking pants. Well, I'm not awake to actually answer this question. This is on uh, Milo, who is in person. <laughs> Looks like he's uh, hurting. Crying. <laughs> I am slightly concerned as a character about the panther residing in my pants. And it's licking your face, so it's like, it's wearing your pants with you. Correct, which I'm not surprised, like, I'm I'm not startled. Like, I've been here before once or twice, you know what I'm saying? Like, us blood hunters, get down, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, I guess you two are friends, huh? Well, I'd hope so. He's that was my, immediately established. He's in my pants. <laughs> Those kind of friends. Well... Do I have spare pants, or am I just going to walk around dick in hand for the rest of the fucking campaign? We'll say you have spare pants. Just in case, you know, a panther decided to pop up in my pants, or if it was like an elk. I have elk pants. Hey, you kill the panther and take it its skin and make pants. 
He's in my pants. Why would I kill That's it? That's a friendly panther. He, he licked my face. Paul, these things, are they able to, like, disappear on my command as well? It vanishes at the next dawn or when it's reduced to zero hit points. <laughs> so I have to fuck up this panther. But it's friendly to you, and uh, you can command it. Well, I will say, it's your turn for watch. Correct. However, there's a panther in my pants, and also on top of me. So I'm watching a panther reside in my pants. So if we could resolve the panther part, so I could put my panther-proof pants on, <laughs> then I could take the watch. Milo. Good thing we're all wearing our panther proof undergarments <laughs> no that panther is there to uh, he's gonna help you with the rest of the watch here but um hey if you need to get out of his pants I don't know why that how did he get in my pants you're awake now right I am awake enough to ask you why that a panther was in my pants awesome. cause we tried everything else <laughs> and I'm just gonna say nothing else <laughs> and just go straight to bed and the panther, uh, like, stretches out like a cat and slides out of your pants. Do I have to roll for claw marks on my nut bag, or what are we doing here? Nope, uh, you are unscathed. Oh, I would like to search in my bag for my pants. Alright, you find them. I would like to place them on my person. You are repantsed. And I want to make a note to myself to get more pants. <laughs> for All my right. bag just in case <laughs> now that I'm now my pants are assembled I will assume the position of watch roll a perception check for me it was definitely supposed to be a rat <laughs> did you forget that I forgot it was random a panther or an elk was possible <laughs> so it could have been a lot worse <laughs> no I'm pretty sure panther was the worst could have been a large badger what if I had a fucking badger? It's a fucking no, but, panther. No, or a dire wolf. Probably would have rather had the wolf. Do you no. understand the size of a panther? Do you understand the size of a dire wolf? It's no. Dire wolf are like three to five times the size of a panther. It's almost an elk. It's actually like bigger than an elk. But it's a tank. <laughs> As a wolf. I'd rather have a dire wolf. He's fluffy. <laughs> they're they're all fluffy. Get it right. That was a fluffy ass panther you were cuddling with. You could have fallen right back asleep. I know. I felt his fur in my asshole. What fucking role was I doing? I got sidetracked <laughs> with the panther. Perception. Perception. <laughs> okay. Sixteen. All right. Uh, you and the panther sit amicably through the night, and uh, the panther just stares out into the darkness, and like. You feel a kindred spirit with this panther. It's black like the night, and it stares off as if it's seen some shit. Every once in a while, it takes a claw, and it just runs it along its own wrist. Oh, yeah, no, I'm about that. <laughs> Dude, if I got a mage hand, it's like 100% more stabby power on my wrist. <laughs> but uh, you and the panther do not encounter anything the rest of the evening. Panthers are till morning, too. So the next person up would be the tortoise. <laughs> is he laying on his back? Of course. Yeah, that's part of uh, waking him up for his watch. <laughs> you need to help roll him. <laughs> See, I got some cantrips. Should help. Oh, Fig no. You figured out that you have magic? 
Well, I finally like wrote them down. Look at you. Can I cast thunderclap at the wall? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's all going to wake us up, and it's an audible boom for how far exactly? Like 300 feet, <laughs> I believe. I woke up with a panther in my pants. I'm a little upset. <laughs> I feel like now I woke Milo up incorrectly. <laughs> I just woke him up casually and then set up some metal music to play. Panther in his pants and thunderclap <laughs> like coming at the wall. Yeah, you create a burst of thunderous sound that can be heard up to 100 feet away. Every creature within range other than you must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 thunder damage. Let's go. I really hope you like just clap coning right at him and not hitting all of us, but I guess that's up for you to decide. Oh, the range is uh it's 100 feet. Oh no, it can be heard 100 feet, but the range is 5 feet. So, yeah, just uh just that needs to make a con saving throw. Nice. All right. Well, since I am in my shell, I do get advantage on constitution saving throws. See, I knew this was a good idea. So my first roll is a natural 20. <laughs> nice. nice. So I guess I'll just take that one. So he doesn't wake up. No, it just means he doesn't take damage. He doesn't but wait, does he wake up? <laughs> so I guess the thunder, the thunderous clap happens and you just see my just my head. <laughs> to slowly start to come out of the shell. <laughs> it is super muffled. So you can see my eyes only. And they're just bloodshot. Because <laughs> I'm pissed off from having eaten char the night before for my, my terrible cooking. And you just see one arm come out with a gun in hand. <laughs> it just slowly cocks. And I'm just going to go, Yes. <laughs> You rang. Can I help you? <laughs> yeah, um, you're up for the watch. Okay. <laughs> and the gun just slowly decocks and it goes back into my shell. And then my arm comes back out without the gun and all my other limbs come back out. And then you just hear, ah! <laughs> as I flip back over. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stand up, and I guess I get to watch. <laughs> All right. Um, when you wake up, you see that there's a panther hanging out with Dixon. Dixon, are you going to, like, cuddle with the panther the rest of the evening, or what? I was going to let the panther do panther things, as long as it's not in my pants. I'm just not even going to question that. <laughs> and tighten up your belts a little bit more when you go back to bed so the panther doesn't climb back inside. How did he get in my pants? Was it a pant leg, or did it go down the ass crack, or... It was licking your face at the same time, so I don't well, know. No, I'm talking about how did he put the fuzzy ball in my pants? Milo? Was it a leg, or was it the it ass crack? He went through the zipper. <laughs> no, that's a natural panther. Why do you think I did that? Because this area is not native to panthers. Uh, bad. Why don't you go ahead and give your perception check for the evening? Seven. Did you perceive there's a panther? <laughs> yes, you perceive that there's a panther. Um, you're, you're watching. I'm too, too tired for that bullshit. There's a tiger <laughs> in the bathroom. I just don't even want to know about the panther. <laughs> Your watch passes uneventfully, and uh, as dawn approaches and the sun rises just above the horizon, the panther fades into nothing. We had a casualty. <laughs> yeah, the panther, he just died. My fucking pants. 
No, you got new. You're still wearing pants. I you, mean, they're nicer I, pants. I can't actually, conjure pants. You can conjure a fucking panther. Apparently, those pants match your boots a lot better. They're the same fucking pants. They're black, like your heart. Yeah, but they're I've, like, they're I've like twelve pairs of the same pants. But since they're new, they're a little tighter. <laughs> How did you get a panther in my tight <laughs> pants? I'm very confused. I told you I did not put a panther in your pants. So magically, the only panther within the 4,000 mile radius found its way into my pants. I don't... I don't question anything about you. <laughs> I thought it was your panther. I'm going to note this. As you guys continue to argue, uh, you pack up camp and you make your way out towards the griffin nest where uh, you were told to go get some materials and um, as you approach you walk into a wooded area following the directions that Dean Doval gave you you come to a rocky uh, crag and you can see that there are switchback levels leading up to a giant nest atop approximately a 80-foot-high crag, and uh, you see a griffin take off in the early morning sun. And that is where we are going to end our episode, surprisingly. Surprisingly? What are you surprised about? We're probably supposed to finish the griffin fight tonight. <laughs> yeah. Fight? We're just going to walk up and grab a feather. It should yeah, be easy. We don't fight here. This I was going to just... charm the griffin and ask for a feather, but yeah, no. We that's, how, getting... that's how we do it all the time. Yeah, we don't fight things. We just we just walk up to its nest when it it goes to work in the morning and just like take some feathers and and dip. And if you need to charm it, just like we did with the little wormling thing, we do that. But like we don't fight things. We're not a fighting group. Yeah, no, we're not the last campaign. We're gonna be a non-violent campaign, <laughs> except for if it's self-inflicted violence by Dixon. Yeah, or on the uh, pants, the pyro cross court. Yeah, but other than that, no violence. No violence. My pants were violently ripped from my body. <laughs> but it was self-inflicted by another party member. We're not fighting. That's not so, by, self-inflicted <laughs> by another party member. I know, the sentence doesn't really make a lot of sense, but no. But you know what does make sense? The extra content that we have on our Patreon. God damn it. <laughs> I do like the Patreon plug. Nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah. We everybody on the on the podcast is currently flicking me off or flipping me off. Is it flick or flip? I did no such thing. Either um, the pick your poison jerk. They're giving me the middle fingers, all of them, because I just made a terrible segue. But you can hear tons of segues on our oh, Patreon content, which includes God. bloopers, extra episodes, and conversational recaps in addition to lore posts and other goodies. So you can get that at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. If you would wish to keep in touch with us in between episodes, you can find us on social media at deathsavingbros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. I am available on Twitter at hpcamper or on Instagram at hpcamper.14. You can find me at Benfro15. You can find me at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. Fuck you. And there's a Reddit page you can go to. 
You can find me on the PlayStation Network as FATT-Smith. And to all those of you who are listening in your cars, in your homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. This episode was made possible by our patrons. The following individuals have pledged at the $5 tier. Tad Corsi. Thank you for your support. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Lawless Worcester, Mead and Meat, and The Specialist are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The song Sancho Panza Gets a Latte, Sneaky Adventure, and Thinking Music are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The track Midnight Magic is music by Orchestralis.